Giving just solemn credit to the fat boys. Rest in peace. Mm -hmm. No, uh, I did want to start this episode because uh, you and I share a lot of uh, musical tastes in common. And one of the, I guess, stranger ones, I suppose, is uh, you and I both kind of like hip hop. Well, I don't. Kind of a lot. Like certain ones, kind of a lot. It's not surprising, really. Uh, no, I, I guess it's say, not. You know. Well, I mean, if you look at us visually, you would not take either of us. Yes, I don't for, skew uh, Mexican when you look at me now. Well, no, and you're also uh, pushing 60. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting up there. <laughs> you know, there's that. But I, I also do not strike the image of a uh, person who would enjoy hip-hop in the least bit. No, 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 no. You Judging from just the general demeanor and the homemade tattoos, I, I put you on a death metal. Um, if I were to walk into a kitchen, no, I'm just saying, if I didn't know you and I walked in the kitchen, just saw you, I'm like, this guy listens to some real harsh fucking metal. That's, that's what you do. I say, and it's, well, I don't have my fucking stupid looking multicolored mohawk anymore either, mm. but, uh, no, death metal's fine. It's it, all right. It, I prefer other kinds of metal mm. a lot more, but what I was getting at was, uh, I made an attempt today, actually, to listen to like some newer hip hop mm. because I've heard that like Kendrick Lamar's kind of like the pre- uh not predecessor but uh like the newer version I suppose of like <clears throat> your Nas's and your what have you like gotcha he he is like the premium actual rapper of mm. today he's the lyricist didn't care for it mm. I tried real hard because I was previous to that I was listening to a Raekwon's only built for Cuban links. Okay. And man, what a fucking album. <laughs> Absolutely. But then moving on to something like that, I was like, man, I just find all this very, very boring. So I was going to ask you what sort of hip hop you enjoyed personally. Well, oddly with the newer stuff, and it's not even that new, but I work, what I do is every time I go to a new kitchen or a new place that I work, in order for me to do my job, I need to, I need to have constant noise in my head. So I pick a couple, hey, what's good? What's hip? Or what are you into? I just name one or two songs and I put it on whatever playlist. So I'll have like one of mine and then one of somebody else's. Yeah. Through that, I found um, Fat Nick. Fat Nick and Puya. Now, Fat Nick, I don't know a whole lot about him. I know he's Mexican and Filipino. <laughs> a big Xanax problem out of Texas. That sounds about right. And uh, to, to way he, the way he did his videos, you ever remember the show Adventures of Pete and Pete? Uh, vaguely, I I didn't have cable growing uh, up, so uh, brightly lit, absurdist, um, realist. It just in his videos are almost in that same style, which again struck me. It just pulled me in. The music was very different, very very different, but still, you know, hip hop or rap, as it were. Because I was just thinking of the reason I like them is because it harkened back to, and I was just thinking, thinking about this today. There was you don't see a lot of. There was a big spate of bands like De La Soul and Diggable Planets and Fushnikins <clears throat> and uh, Jurassic 5 and all that stuff. Just interesting lyrics. You know, sometimes they'd use jazz samples. Sometimes they'd use rock samples. They'd just go all out. Just real experimental and out there stuff. And mm-hmm. you don't see a lot of that anymore. And I was just lamenting the fact because I've been trying to look into uh, There was another one. I want to remember his name is Costa Contra, which was pretty good. But that was more hard. But the way he threw his lyrics, he told a story. 
and a cohesive story in, in, in a rhyme scheme that was hip hop and rap yet didn't rely on the cheat parts of it. Like you can lyrically cheat by, you know, and the, huh, you know, or yeah. no, he fucking made it work. He didn't use cheat words. All his rhymes worked. That was fucking a piece of art. Nice. Cause like, I got very frustrated with Kendrick Lamar and just mm-hmm. uh, fell back on like, man, I need some good like hip hop in my ears that I, I'm not saying he's not good, but something that I like. It's like, man, I, all right, big pun it is. Yeah. And like, I, I don't, I feel like rappers don't have that like, I don't want to say like hunger, but like New York in the early 90s was a desperate fucking place. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, when you get Wu-Tang Clan, your Nas, your... Uh, biggies your mm-hmm. early locks and what have you it's fucking hard and it's grimy and they're good because you had to be good well actually because well what you're talking about there was a big split in hip-hop because initially it was about the lyrics it was about your flow it was and then it got hard it got hard in new york and california right around the same time it had that same griminess the odd thing that you would find in those times is you'd see a band like a hip hop band or a rap band that's coming out all hard and gangster and shit. And it, it's, it's, it's Floyd and Jimmy from down the street and they know two hard guys, but they sound really good. And they had the raps. Right. And then you'd hear this real, real smooth kind of just yippity, you know, skibbity scabbity lyrics and everything is just fun and happy singing about breakfast cereals and these guys are stone fucking cold killers. Right, and I don't... I don't remember which one it is, but you remember Mob Deep, mm-hmm. right, obviously. Legendary rap duo. Mm-hmm. Like, one of them was, like, kind of a hard kid from the streets and the other one, like, they met at some, like, art school thing because <laughs> one of them got sent there and one of them just went there. Mm-hmm. And they just kind of... I forget which one... But well, didn't Tupac go to fame school, like the actual fame high school in New York? I don't know. Yeah, because he was like an art kid. He was like a theater major or some shit. Well, I I'm know, not saying Tupac didn't bang or whatever, but he didn't come up like that. Well, because I know his uh, stepfather and mother were very heavily into the Panthers. Mm-hmm. And like right before he was killed, he was talking about a lot of black liberation stuff. Oh yeah, which which will get black people killed in America. Indeed, it will. But I, like I said, I know he got his start in Digital Underground, but mm-hmm. that's about all I know about. I love Digital Underground. But like I said, I don't. I'm not a huge West Coast rap guy. I mm-hmm. don't know why. Like for some reason, that early '90s East Coast shit, it just sounds like it's dripping with street slime. Mm-hmm. Whereas the West Coast stuff kind of sounds like sunny California. Mm. And, and see, and the reason I like the West Coast stuff is because you would hear uh, more Latin, like more Latin beats, like recognizable from shit that I grew up with. Yeah. So when when I hear like when I hear a hit from Lowrider, or I hear a hit from, you know, like a Los Tigres song, or I hear a hit from something I know. And then I'm hearing, you know, about people like me. Then that pulled me into the West Coast because New York, I, I didn't know. There's not a whole lot of Mexicans that I know in New York. Right. That's one of the things, though. Like, I like the New York sound because mm. you can almost, like, smell the mold in the drippy, like, project basement or whatever that oh, they you put could, it together. You can <laughs> like, smell the urine on the streets and a bright, sunshiny day on those songs. Exactly. And I don't know. I just... I, I know it's not made for me, a white suburb, or not even suburban, white rural kid who grew up in Michigan, mm-hmm. but there's something about like 
being able to put words together like that that oh, is God, just yeah. pure artistry and have it also be this like oh these are fucking dangerous dudes and if not like they definitely know people who have killed several people <laughs> like it's just a different world and well, i en- i enjoy living in it briefly well i will take because i'm a little bit older than you i'll take a I'll take you on a trip back to the early 80s um, most of these, all the scenes that we're talking about, even goth, goth, punk, hip hop, any of these things were all super fucking underground held in probably the shittiest place you've ever seen. So you're liable to see the hip hop kids down the street going to their own thing. Cause it's all held on shitty, you know, shitty warehouses on the West side, fucking punk shows and whatever. And there wasn't a whole lot of overlap but you'd see all these scene kids and it was all the same feeling and they were all doing the similar types of music with that same kind of anger for different types of disenfranchisement the punk kids couldn't get jobs because of fucking reaganomics they were held down by that way systemic racism whatever was holding you down right came out through the music so obviously even if you didn't grow up in the city or you didn't grow up black that feeling that you were hearing that fucking frustration like against the system and the man comes back as fucking I could take a I could take a, a real real like hard gangster song I could take a real hard punk song where both people are fucking hurting mm-hmm. and you get the same feeling with a hundred percent different music and that's why that's why it calls to us that's why it calls that's to it. you I for the one semester that I kind of went to even community college. I had to write. Go for a sh- that associates. I had to, no God, not even close. I went for. I took four classes. I got mine, motherfucker. But uh, we had to write a thing, so I wrote a thing about the parallels between hip hop and punk rock mm-hmm. because I mean they're there. Yeah. And usually, like, I mean, I, I didn't like live in the hood, <laughs> but I've met gangsters and shit. Oh, yeah. And usually, you know, punk rockers and gangsters tend to get along because mm-hmm. why not? <laughs> well, there's what, uh, yeah, what opposing force like? There's no reason to be upset at each other, <laughs> like, unless there's nobody else to be upset at. I guess. And but, then when you run out of shit, then you got to be upset at somebody. Yeah, I mean, unless it's like the racist punks, which they exist, not in droves. But but, fuck those guys. Yeah. Uh, I I guess speaking of fucking racists, yet again. <laughs> hey everybody, welcome to Horror Vomit, where we talk about horror movies and apparently hip hop, so that you don't have to. My name is Chris Faff, and I am one of your hosts. And I am James Marino, and I'm the other one of your hosts. Man, we made it about ten minutes on just a quick hip hop diatribe. Oh, I, I I was still I was still had just ch- oh, chamber. Oh, I know, but we need to cut <laughs> it off and get into this week's film, which is 2018's <laughs> Await. Further Instructions, written by Gavin Williams, directed by Johnny Kevorkian. Uh, rest in peace. He passed away not too long after this film was made. A heart attack. Oh, I was going to guess OD. Uh, it, I, I I couldn't find anything, really. It just said the cult filmmaker Johnny Kevorkian. Was that his real name, attack. or did he... Uh, ex- no, I, I believe it was. Oh, wow, that that's fucking interesting. Yeah, that's what... I, I didn't see any evidence that he had changed his name, but yeah, it's what when I saw it, I was like... Ooh, that's interesting. And then I watched this movie and went, oh, well, that was... Because in, well, my, in my head, it was like, this is an English film. The guy's Johnny Kevorkian, Johnny Rotten, Johnny right. Kevorkian. And I, you see, I just assumed it was, a, 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 you know, a, like a... A nod. Yeah, a fuck you name, you know? So, uh, starring Sam Gittens as Nick, Nirjanake as Angie, 
Grant Masters as Tony and a few others. But I want to get into this as soon as we can. James. Yes. How did you like Await Further Instructions? Hmm. I'm still working on that. Hmm. No. <coughs> um, let's put it this way. Without, um, if I'm just looking at this as a movie I just watched to watch instead of pulling it apart, it's all right. I kind of, I think I kind of like it. I don't dislike it. <coughs> I'm, I'm just, there's stuff about it that's off that bothers me and I can't put my finger on it. Something about this movie doesn't work for me and I'm trying to put it together. That's why I can't say, yes, I like this movie because there's something that's irritating me about this movie. Ooh, so and, we, we have a, a, a gem to uncover. Yes, I, I'm trying to figure out what was off for me about this. Because there's so many cool things. They did this one cool thing that I like that other movies have done. Especially other English movies. When we talk about class and race and everything. Because <laughs> they invented that shit. Yeah. They're real good at it. But when, <laughs> oh, they, but when they portray it on screen... Boy, they, I was like riveted fucking because I saw seven million different kinds of class struggles just in there. And wow, this is, and then all of a sudden, boom, a whole different movie, which I'm good. I enjoyed. Uh huh. It brought me in some cool places. But I was just like, the only, the only thing that I, uh, I think that, you know what I think bothered me? I knew, I knew fucked up shit was going to happen the minute I knew their name was Milgram. Yep. Because that was that 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 the, the back, Milgram experience. Yeah, where they okay, we got to buzz them. You can put a little higher, you know. Uh-huh. But it, it was probably going to really hurt them. But you know, you could do that. Mm-hmm. You know, and given the chance, they fucked each yeah, other up it, harder it, and harder. It, the, the, the Milgram experiments for people who don't know, it was not like a simultaneous. I don't think they were related to each other, but it, it's kind of thrown in the same kind of junk oh, science thing Stanford. as the Stanford prison experiments. Mm-hmm. So yep, there's that. Yeah, it's questionable practices. Right, but I mean, un- unless you're nerds like us and yeah. know stupid shit like that, Random the name thing. Milgram probably doesn't ring a bell to you. So, I mean, I was going to bring it up, but since you did already, cool, yeah. yeah. But no, I'm, <coughs> I'm trying to think. This came out in 2018. There Not was... a whole lot of original stuff in there, but it was put together well. So... I, I guess before we super get into this, I, I, I will say right off the bat, though, that I, I like this movie quite a bit. I think mm-hmm. it does some really interesting stuff. And uh, as always, it's proof that you don't need half a billion dollars to make something that's interesting. Right. And it, 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 parts of it reminded me of Pi. Hmm. We'll, we'll get into that. So uh, for, I guess, a brief <coughs> synopsis, mm-hmm. uh, Nick and his Indian, uh, Nick is part of the Milgrams, the British family, mm-hmm. goes back to, uh, goes back home with his Indian girlfriend, mm-hmm. Angie, uh, to his, uh, we'll say racist, just for lack of a better term, racist yeah. family, and... Uh, and then uh, aliens, AI, AI, something AI. Uh, surrounds the house with a like a protective, we'll say metal barrier, mm-hmm. and uh, mysteries and spookies ensue. Yeah. So that's I guess that's as good a place to start as any. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you, do you th- did if you thought this was an alien situation or if this is like a Skynet situation? Oh, I, I definitely I, I definitely figured it was the singularity finally happened where a, AI gained sentient or sentience. 
because throughout the whole film, uh, they're being told uh, on teletexts mm -hmm. on their television uh, different instructions. Hence the term, or hence the name, await further instructions. Right, right. And ooh, the, the whole, okay, I really love the setup on that because what it does for, there's so much going on in the movie as far as interpersonal and you're trying to pull allegories and, you know, the themes, et cetera, out, or at least I was. Yeah. That you forget, <laughs> you know, that the spookies are happening and it's just little, little, little stuff. And um, so they give you enough time to marinate in what is the outside force? Where is this coming from? Because I had five different movies in my head already. And I'm thinking, well, isn't it, is it an experiment by the government for this whole block? Just this house. Is it an experiment? Is it aliens? Could it be? A, it's not done. It never struck as demonic. So I'm like, and so that's covering up some of the stuff that I might have noticed if I picked harder at it. Because I'm like, oh, what is it? What is it? What is it? And I'm trying to look at every little thing. And in the meantime, I am faced with this uncomfortable situation of being like, I have been on G where you're the only one of you there and you're around a bunch of fuckers. Mm -hmm. Now there's only, I've learned a long time ago is like, you got to pick your battles, man. You can't fight constantly. You will stand up always. And you will, you know, I was taught you always stand up and you always say, Hey, look, I'm like, I don't like this shit. Let's not talk about this anymore. I, I'm not going to stand here and take it. But there have been certain situations where I just had to sit there and just bite the inside of my cheek. Right. But in those situations, and that's what I think is interesting about this, is in regular life, in a regular situation, no matter how bad it is or how uh, morally compromised i guess you might become mm -hmm. you always have the option effectively to leave mm -hmm. unless it's like a, a jail situation obviously right. but here there is no way out so she has to take it because they are in the process of leaving yes when that shit happens exactly and 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 i love that too because again it was effective in why are we only in one spot you know and then after that it's like I don't care anymore because they, they took off any idea that I might have had about, well, they could have been, they should have been able to. Why didn't they? No, they fucking told you. No. And it was effective because it was simple. They took what? Plastic cording wires mm -hmm. and just covered the window. They braided them and covered them. Boom. And that was, a, I was like, wow, that is filmmaking. That is some amazing yeah, bargain it's, filmmaking it's genius and uh, this is one thing that you've talked about a lot that i've started to notice a lot more since you talk about it the lighting in this mm -hmm. i think the lighting is very effective because he uses very vivid reds and greens yes because it is christmas time this mm -hmm. is a, effectively a christmas movie and you could say that it's a little overdone. I could see that being a criticism, but I like how far they went with it. Like when uh, Gramps turns around and his entire face looks almost green. Yes. Because of the screens, mm -hmm. it imparts that something is happening. That's just film language. That's it's not meant to be taken literally. As in, you know, like yet yeah, nobody's face is going to glow red from a television screen, but right. it's that visual indicator that something is happening. And, and, and they, again, as you so effectively, I, I, you know what I really think it is? I think I was mostly bothered, and I hate my brain for this sometimes. I was mostly bothered by the name Milgram. I'm like, that's just, that's just a little too close, you know, just a little too on the nose for me. Right. And, and that, but that aside, now that I'm looking at it 
in the in the light, I'm like, well, no, this is a fucking good movie mm-hmm. because I only had to stop it once, and that was like just as it was transitioning into the the big big action, just as it was going. I needed a break from the film because my brain was running at 2,000 miles an hour. It effectively made me think about so many different things, both both um, explicit and implied. Yeah, this is... We were talking just very briefly before this. This reminds me very much of like a lot of the slow burn movies that mm-hmm. I like, but there's no slow, really. Like, it's... There's constantly something happening. There's not a lot of like really long, detailed conversations that the characters are having. Mm-hmm. All of it is pretty much given to us in a nice, neat little, pretty much 90-minute package. Mm-hmm. And again, this might be one of the few movies where I say this, but I could have maybe used another 10 minutes mm. of some spots and then a little less of others. Because I think at about the two-thirds mark is when it kind of slows down, when things are actually happening. Mm-hmm. But then they kind of pump the brakes during all of that because it would be too much to throw at you at once. Mm-hmm. But like uh, the few things that I didn't like is the uh, the transition to where Nick and Angie are laying in the field. Mm-hmm. Again, I, that felt like The dream padding. sequence. Yeah, it felt like padding. Yeah, I did the master masturbation movement. There. Exactly, and well, and it, again, it does the thing that I don't like. It was a dream. No, it wasn't. Fuck you. Yeah, that th- that was absolutely unnecessary. And because because if you look at the rise and fall of the action, we didn't need a break there. No, and it it, it wasn't it wasn't a, a center point it, where you want to put that line down. Okay, this is this is a different this is a different point in the movie. It's still the same action. It was just one break. There was no need for it. You yeah, it broke dra- my tension for no reason. It did. It drug me out of it real hard because I I think it was for like a spot for a breather because like this is going to get, this has been getting intense, but I don't need that breather. Let it ride, baby. Let it ride. Because it it didn't it didn't by giving you that breather make that other action more intense, and it broke that that rise of rise of tension. So actually, that was completely superfluous. It would have been well, wow. Mm-hmm. But all in all, like I think a lot of the ways that they did things were re- was really really smart. I think the introduction to the dad Tony might have been one of the better just filmically showing who this guy is introductions that I've ever seen. Which is before we even see his face, we see his feet descending the stairs. Oh, that day, and they yeah. stop, and he picks up uh, just a, the tiniest speck of anything that may have been on the carpet, immediately indicating who this guy is. Mm-hmm. I almost, you know, it's funny. I saw that, and I almost wanted to stand up and salute, because <laughs> that's every fucking lieutenant I've ever met on board ship. But that's the thing is, I really like. I I can't stand the character of Tony. Mm-hmm. He's a one of the biggest pieces of shit that I think we've seen in film in a while. Mm-hmm. But like, that introduction is oh. so fucking good. And the fact that he wasn't a military guy, but his dad was. Oh. Just, oh, man. And that makes it worse because if you're the military guy, at least you got an excuse for being a dick. Okay. <laughs> Did you notice who Gramps was? Oh, Mr. Filch? Yes. Yes. The, was he the caretaker of yeah, Hogwarts? Yeah, yes, he was. And I will tell you what. I've seen that guy 
in a million roles. He's just quintessential British actor. And that motherfucker can act his ass off. If, you ever, if you've ever seen him do a softer, more regular performance, you're like, that's the same fucking guy. The guy is incredible. And he just ate the scenery, man. Just because you know that guy. You fucking know that guy. So one of the things that I, I wanted to talk about, and I was wondering if you had caught this, because of all of the uh, shitty things that Tony does, mm-hmm. and of all the things that even Gramps says, I think I might even have more respect for Gramps than I do for Tony, because at least he's an outright racist. Mm-hmm. And I think we talked about shit like this when we talked about Green Room. Mm-hmm. And was it Gabe, I think his name was? Yeah. Who is just kind of there. Oh, yeah, the kind of... That, that passive yeah, Nazi like, kind. Where at least Gramps is outright a shitbag mm-hmm. and just says flat-out racist things. Tony does one thing, and I wanted to bring this up because it really struck me. When he meets Angie for the first time, mm-hmm. she says, Hi, I'm Angie, Nick's girlfriend. He looks directly at her and says, Hello, Angela. Yes. Which is not her name. That irritated the fuck out of me. I don't know why that grabbed me as being one of the worst things that he says or does in this, but because that simple it's act. Dismissive. Like you, you don't you don't you can't even tell me your name right. Let let me tell you what your name is. Yes. That completely like you said, dismissive of her just her as a human being, mm-hmm. of her culture and just her being alive. Not even and Angie is that short for something no just angela Mm -hmm. because i am the white man here and your name will be angela Mm -hmm. and i don't know why i I, i'm not saying like offensive but we know people like that that's american as shit and british too but but you know it's funny because i for a lot of people well it's easier to have information about what what people in england are really like but when i was younger you know i was a little roughneck kid and i just assumed that you know, like the outliers were, you know, like the punk rock guys. Those yeah. were outliers. I thought all British people were very proper, blah, blah, blah. You know, no. Went to fucking England. Or we, I was hanging out with the guys from British Navy and stuff. And I realized that, oh, wow, they invented rednecks out there. Yeah. That's where they invented them. And they're just big old fucking oiks, man. They're just... They just got a different. They just got a different accent. They're the same knuckleheads that I fucking didn't like here. Exactly. And and I love the fact that they had the couple. The other couple, his brother and or his sister. No, his sister and her it, husband. Yes. Those were the people that. There are a lot of those over there, and I saw, and it's just like, oh, okay. I, I, I but I love the slices of life, and they were actually portrayed so well. Mm-hmm. It's like you could tell that. She was just spouting whatever she had heard before. Yep. And she didn't, she wasn't necessarily down with it, but this is my house, and, and, and everybody on my block believes this, and this is how I believe, too, because I believe that because you believe that. Yep. And that's what, like, I, I understand that British culture is pretty similar to Americans as far as racism and what have you goes, but just growing up in America and being obviously more familiar with the culture here, it, it struck me so hard. It, yes, this girl who has just grown up hearing racist shit, vaguely pretty, mm-hmm. doesn't have to be smart because of that, mm-hmm. and has skated by just saying awful, awful, awful things. 
And the minute she's <coughs> challenged by a person of color with mm-hmm. a brain, mm-hmm. it's straight to anger. <laughs> yep. Like reactive <coughs> violence. And it's so such a goddamn parallel to American society. And that, t- take a look at her knucklehead boyfriend. Because anytime, <coughs> I'm sure anytime that, you know, her mouth wrote a check, her ass couldn't cash. He'd step in and fucking fix it. See, and I think Loki, that dude might be one of the better actors in this film because he is so goddamn good in this role. Yeah. You think he's really that fucking dumb. Yeah, because here's the thing is that guy exists by the multitude in America. He reminds me of a dude that I used to work with. Kind of buff, kind of dumb, not like drooling on himself, idiot dumb, Mm -mm. but just kind of aloof. Yeah. Almost. And that very much like, <coughs> I, I work out because I want to look good for this. It, he wants to be an influencer, mm-hmm. effectively. Yeah. And it's it's so goddamn funny to watch him be drug al- or not drug along, but uh, he follows his wife like a puppy, mm-hmm. effectively. He has zero agency throughout this entire movie. He never makes one decision for himself. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was interesting that they would, because uh, how often have we seen that done to a female character? Exactly. I love the fact that they did it to a guy. Yep. And it wasn't played as, look what we just did. No. No, but it, upon looking at it, I love that choice. Mm-hmm. And yeah, his acting was impeccable, because I, I wanted to punch him the entire time. When he had his fingers ate by the house, I was like, yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah. Like, I just, the little touches when... uh. After they get the message that do not eat any of the food, mm-hmm. it's all contaminated, whatever. He and uh, uh, Nick's sister, I forget her name, doesn't matter. They're sitting at the table, and he's playing with the uh, like the grip squeezer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The little exercise thing. Uh-huh. She's like, how, how could you sit here while my dad takes charge? Well, what do you want me to do? <laughs> she says, well, go... Go do something. Go protect your family. So he goes and starts pushing her brother around. (laughs) All the while looking over at her to make sure that she's paying attention to him being the big man. Mm -hmm. Like, man, just the dopey look on his face. It was beautiful. Always being told what to do and kind of being used as muscle. Because this guy, like, he's physically intimidating, but he's gym strong. Mm -hmm. He's not, like, fighter strong. No, he doesn't even move like a fighter. No, he doesn't. He even clearly in this film, doesn't know how to fight. <laughs> I didn't even think about that, but yeah. Yeah, because Nick, he Nick's not like a skinny little dude, but he's not like a hulking monster. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I, fuck, I forget the husband's name too. <coughs> yeah. Like when they're upstairs fighting, Nick beats the shit out of him. <laughs> yes, he does. Yeah, he's used as this unwitting muscle the entire time, and he doesn't know what to do ever, but, and but it's the best. I'm, I know a bunch of guys... That just through sheer, they're either their size or they have a very intimidating presence that have never fought in their lives. And like I know one time we were, at a, we were in a fight in Spain and this one dude, I thought he was going to clear the bar with me, you know, we're, we're up there because the shit was kicking off and I, he was up there and I was like, well, fuck, at least he's by my corner. I turn around and, and he's just flailing, well, he's flailing like a, a six-year-old in, in a and get, get away from, from me. Ah, I was waiting for him to scream. I'm like, oh, Jesus. I had to sit down and fight over in his corner. I'm like, oh, man. But I realized that if you look a certain way, you've never had to fight. You've never been tested. Mm-hmm. I, I, I get tested constantly because I'm goofy. Right. 
oh, this goofy guy can't fight. Let's fuck with him. Oh, geez, not now. <laughs> you, you know? Yeah. He, he reminds me of one of those guys, like, because he works at a hospital. And, oh, yeah. And I don't know. In, I don't think they ever say really in what capacity. I'm, I'm assuming he's an orderly because if he's a nurse, we're fucked. But either way, so he's not like a total dipshit. Mm. He, he's competent enough, like smart enough to do a job. <clears throat> but anything outside of that, just dial tone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's he's such a good character. And yeah, and then his fingers get eaten by the wall. Oh, that was beautiful. And he's still just running around. And that was one of the only times when I went like, mm, I don't think they did their research for this movie. Because Angie's trying to just sew up the, his cut off nubs of fingers. Like, there's nothing s- there to sew. Right. Yeah, you cauterize that. Yeah, even if you, because it was a clean cut, you'd have to cut down into the tissue to get enough uh-huh. skin. That was the only time when, it, like, and I know, don't nitpick movies for stupid shit. But I was looking at that like, what is she possibly sewing? <laughs> there's nothing there to sew. Nah. <coughs> so the other character that I find very, very, very interesting is the mom. Mm-hmm. Because she is, and again, I'm just drawing off of American experience. <coughs> she would be in America the all-American uh, wife who raised these beautiful children, but doesn't say much. Edith. Edith Bunker. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Where she's a very, very sweet woman who has a husband who just says awful, awful shit. And, and she, she always makes that face. Oh, he's doing it again. Oh, that yeah. guy. And, and it's, yeah, you say that, but I mean, from the tone you gave, she, she doesn't think any of it's cute or funny. Like you can tell that it really bothers her. Yeah. <laughs> but she's not willing to stand up and say anything. I think she's probably afraid. She'd probably get a couple of teeth missing. If and she that's did what it. I was going to say. With the conservative outlook of Tony, the father, I I have almost no doubts that he's hit her before. Oh, I think he I think he's uh, unleashed on everybody in that house. <laughs> because because they come on, squelcher. Oh God, <laughs> Gramps. The first time he called his son squelcher, he cried like a baby squelcher, mm-hmm. and I'm like. You're you're an office clerk and your son's a pansy. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just that's why we call you squelch. Uh-huh. And I'm like, dude, I would have had to take the ass whipping if <laughs> I'm sorry, pops, but you, I'm 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 40 years old. You call me squelch one more time, we're gonna have to square off. You did not. <laughs> you just you saw his whole body just droop, his shoulders sag, and he just. Walks out, and then as he was walking out to the room, he went from that shoulder stag to, I've got to put on appearances, and he just puffed right back up, which is, again, that was, I don't I don't care if it was the actor's choice or the director's choice. Those are the little bits that will make a movie for me. Mm-hmm. Just that little, it didn't, who cares? I already knew what was happening just through you know, context. I knew exactly what was happening, and I already felt it, okay? But that just that extra physicality of the from the actor that just that little extra little bit elevated the scene by farther than that actual little bit Uh uh-huh and like i said it is those little touches that i really love about these little indie films that we watch that Mm -hmm. you just go man that's so goddamn good and you don't see that in a lot of like big name movies. They don't do that shit in Insidious. Mm-mm. Well, they don't. They don't feel they need to. No, because they have effects on their side. But what what do you do when you don't have money? You mm-hmm. write good characters, 
it, where each of them feels like an individual person, mm. except for the daughter, because she feels like a parrot, because she's supposed to be. See, this is what I would love to see. Take all this, this passion of an indie film and have knowledge and money. So you could take that same passion and push it to with that money and see what kind of cool thing would come out. Because I know some directors get a chance right away. Maybe they earned it, maybe they didn't, but they throw enough money at it that they continue to be successful. And it's just, I know it's like there's, there's like fighters when I used to, when I used to box, you could see these guys with, you know, a certain amount of natural talent, but they, they never really trained hard because they could knock people out relatively quickly because of their size. And when they lost that little bit of edge, never got the technique down. And, you know, I'd love to see the technique and the money at the same time. Mm -hmm. I love those kind of movies. Because taking a character like Tony, who you can tell just from the way his father treats him, because his father was military police, Mm -hmm. he's been effectively, I don't want to say abused, but (coughs) he grew up with his father basically raising him like he was in the military. For a child, to raise a child like you're in the service, that's fucking abuse. Uh Uh-huh. So he's gone through this very, you know, very strict childhood and his father's disappointed in him as an adult because, you know, oh, cause you're a clerk and you see him just that blood boiling when he says, I'm an office manager mm-hmm. and just, here's what I was getting at though, is being made in 2018 and watching this from American sensibilities, this is a lot of, uh, it, I'll just say, your generation, I guess. Oh, yeah, no. I'm... These conservative fuckwits who implicitly trust the government mm-hmm. it, when it's somebody they like in power anyway. And, you know, glued to his TV. Never believes, fucking moves. Believes everything that this TV has to say and mm-hmm. will use all of the uh, mental gymnastics to reach whatever conclusion that he wants mm-hmm. to reach about what he saw on that television. Mm-hmm. And it's so goddamn good of just watching this man. Nope, we have to throw away all of our food. It's all contaminated. Why? Because the TV said so. Well, so what? It's just a message on the TV. Well, mm-hmm. it's from the government. Mm-hmm. You don't know that. Well, it's the emergency response team. Uh, the government keeps uh, certain frequencies clear in case mm-hmm. they need to do whatever. So it's it's definitely this. His unwavering confidence and never the thought that you could be wrong. And again, this is exactly, and it's written into it because the father's military. He is completely putting his faith in whatever orders, and he's decided for everyone regardless mm-hmm. that this is going to be what's happening because... I read enough sci-fi because I always put myself in these movies. What would I do? What would I do? And I'd have been like, oh boy, I'd have been like, no, fucking give me the food. If it's contaminated and we're going to die, well, I'm going to die full. Just like, oh boy, I probably would have ate that guy (laughs) in the Rob Zombie film. You know, who the fuck are you? I've got to believe a television. Mm -hmm. The government's done me well because how, when? No. Well, because he's a white man who's prospered in life. Mm Mm-hmm. That's why. And the government always has his best interest at heart because mm-hmm. he's white mm-hmm. and a dude. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and that's where, again, like British and American societies parallel real well. 
there's really no there's really very little difference on me yep and then watching like his entire family pretty much implode because of this mm-hmm. and he never fucking wavers never once but i love the fact that you could look you um past that stoic look you could see that internal internal like nervousness yeah like i hope i'm making the right decision but i've got to i have i've already put my faith we've gotten this far and and i you know it's just like it's like if you own a car, you already put $10,000 in it. You know what I mean? Well, fuck, I might as well finish it up. Mm-hmm. So he's already that far. He's already fucked these many people over. So he better yeah. stick to his guns or he's got to admit that he fucked everyone over. Yeah, the sunk cost fallacy. Mm-hmm. That I've already gone this far and, well, everything seems to be kind of okay thus far. So I must be right. doesn't matter that my dad died mm-hmm. because I injected him with a these weird used syringes that plop down through the chimney in a dirty bag because the TV told me to in a dirty bag when Angie, because as soon as I saw that come down, uh dirty needles, not good. So when I saw him in in that dirty bag, like you'd see outside of a needle exchange, uh huh. I'm like, that's what I said. Those are needle exchange needles. I want no way. I want to catch hep, hep Z. I don't know what the fuck I'm going to get. Exactly. And even when, you know, uh, the notice comes on that, you know, wipe yourselves down with household bleach immediately. Uh, honey, go get the cleaning products. <laughs> Never once. It, Cause the TV said so it, mm. that must be the government and the government's always right. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, obviously things escalate and escalate and escalate. And that's what I was wondering if it is aliens or some sort of Skynet situation, because it seems to just be toying with them. It is, but and that's get, part of the what I didn't really understand. I I I kind of sussed a little bit. It can't exist without something to exist for. Yes. Notice that the only thing. So if you assume, let's let's make the assumption that every house in the world was taken over by this singularity, by this artificial intelligence. Okay, and it had been planning. That's why all the wires were there. It, it utilized everything in the house. So it's taking its time to set up to do this, right? Done this at every house. So kills billions of people, but there are this many babies left to worship it or provide it. Let's let's go with the matrix idea or provide it power or provide it with whatever sustenance it needs. Yeah. From a clean straight from from training the babies from day one. Right. Turning humans into effectively the AI when the computers run the world. Exactly. And that's that's why I figured AI, because I uh, to me, um, even a mechanical alien presence would have just killed you outright. What's the point? If we were not just going to kill you all and take over your planet, what's the point? And that's what I, but that's what I didn't understand was the effectively toying with them. And it's, I mean, I guess an AI, the, the AI may have been watching humanity for all this time, but now specifically wants to see how humanity reacts during duress to find out during extreme situations. So when they're raising the kids... You know what I mean? How does humanity react? Yeah. And and when you have a large enough sample size of, you know, Mm -hmm. the entire planet. And okay. And not only that, but then you have the AI has all the different ways of how, who rebelled, how they rebelled. Were they this person's kid or not this person's kid? Mm -hmm. Well, the one with that person, well, we'll just shut off the power on this one. We won't have this person's kid because they rebelled. Yep. So they now have the most subservient or the most, whatever their, their algorithm is. Now they've got that to raise and then do with, have their slaves, chattel, whatever. Right. To do the things that maybe they can't. 
to mine ore or something. Right. And that's what I was very confused. Well, if they're looking to just dominate the species, why are they doing this weird cat and mouse follow these very specific instructions? Like, to what end? Like, what does them wiping them themselves down with bleach, what does that accomplish? And I guess it could be just to uh, gauge subservience. How far can we make you go before you push back? Exactly. And in what manner did you push back? What, how, you know, and which people pushed back, which people didn't push back? How far are you willing to go before even the most subservient will push back? How far can we make you go? And so they have this giant subset of information. So it's absolutely a... And that's what I was wondering, too, if there was some sort of supernatural element as well that wasn't expressly stated. Because that baby would be fucking dead, right? Not necessarily. That's a long fucking fall for a woman who's about to give birth to undergo... And have a baby survive. That's what I was just thinking. Oh, I, I see what you're saying from the fall. Yeah, I, I forgot about the fall. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, she's, what, two weeks away from being pregnant? And while Nick and the husband are upstairs wrestling around, they push her off of a, a second story. Mm-hmm. And she falls yep. and, and fucking tanks it on that mm-hmm. floor oh, and yeah. dies from her injuries. But that's within the realm of possibilities. Stranger things have happened. It's an outlier, but it's yeah, the fair. conceit of a movie. You know? And that was, again, one of the only things that I kind of didn't like, too, was the ending of this. The, you know, uh, uh, the, it, not the, the Christ child, but, you know, the, the child that survives and now it'll be raised by this computer thing. Like, I understand. Yeah. But it... it not that it rubbed me the wrong way, but it wasn't my favorite of endings. No, it, you know what? It, sometimes I, sometimes when it's that, like the Milgram and the cross over the TV when it reached singularity. Yes. I'm like, okay, either you believe that we are smart enough to get your point without fucking putting a gigantic ass bow on it or put a bow on every goddamn thing and sell your movie like that. Don't insult me. Right. Don't think I'm too stupid to get your point. But I I did like the mix of uh, just flat out text to subtext. Yeah. Like you got to have a little bit in there that you're not expressly saying. No, and I and I get you there too. But uh. yeah, uh, some of it's a little muddy, but mm. that's fine. I'm and glad they didn't make a huge. Uh, they could have made a bigger deal out of the religious allegory. I'm glad they didn't. Yes, I am too because. When he starts getting into it and, you know, the, with the baby surviving and what mm-hmm. have you, like, all right, I, I get what you're trying to say, but this has been done a lot before. I would mm-hmm. have liked to see it go in a different direction. I like the fact, but, too, that whenever, whenever anybody leaned towards religion in conversation, somebody would shut oh, sorry, somebody would shut the other one up or they would kind of skew the conversation away. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was that was interesting, too, because I, 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 it, it followed natural, uncomfortable conversation. Because yes. we've all been in those situations where, like, should I say something? Or are we going to fucking go now? Or should I? Because I know I'm going to open my mouth soon. It's it's going to happen. One of the other things that I, I I'm not going to say it's a negative, but it it didn't seem to really need to be there. That apparently the AI or whatever gassed them all while sleeping, which is why they didn't wake up while this was being constructed. Mm-hmm. 
And there's a couple weird time shifts where I don't understand the passage of time because it seems like they just woke up in the morning to find all of this happening and then they're eating a fully made Christmas dinner. See, again, I didn't, because I have no concept of time in real life, I have to pay super, super close attention to any time passing in movies. So if I notice a passage of time, then I lock into that and watch the movie around it because otherwise it doesn't make sense. At no point in this movie did the passage of time seem to make a difference, so I didn't even lock into that at all. So if the gas was doing this on a regular basis, I wouldn't know because, again, I only noticed the gas when it was, I thought it was going to kill everyone. Yeah, or when they do wake up to leave when they first find the uh, shielding all around the house, you know, the, Angie says, I, I think you better drive. My head's feeling fuzzy. Nick says, yeah, me too. Mm. At no point was... I didn't even think about that. At no point... At no other time, anyway, is it made, like, expressively clear that they're piping in gas that's making them, like, go crazy or anything else? Mm -hmm. Or if that was literally a one-time sedative, but then they have the pipes in there to pipe in uh, poison, effectively. Right. To kill everybody. And I said, I I was just kind of confused. So, well, are they being constantly kind of drugged? Because this does have, like, a psychedelic bend to it. It does. So I, I, that was another thing that I wasn't sure if that was a constant thing or if it was something that they just used to sedate them while all of this was being constructed. If so, how long were they uh, asleep or out for? Hmm. Because, again, the passage of time in this kind of confused me a little. Because I've, I've got two answers for that. One is traditionally the simplest answer is the right one, which is they used it once to knock them out and then they had the poison one. Okay. Otherwise, if you have a super, super, super cool theory that just sounds really cool, then that's it, too. But usually it's the simple one. Right, because, I mean, they show, there's a couple times where, I again, I'm not sure if they're piping in gas to make them kind of lose their minds a little. Because right after, I think it's right after Kate falls, Tony, the dad, says, like, uh, I, I have to go to work. I'll be in my office. Uh you all are making too much noise. And it's a very out of place thing where I I don't know if that's an outside force that made him break or if he is just mentally breaking. See, I always, I I made the assumption because they all, everybody broke at different times. Remember the mom's in the kitchen? Yes. Just fucking, I can't do it anymore. Just. Yeah. This entire marriage, you have been saying awful things to people and I fucking hate you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. She just lost it. Everybody loses, and and I think that that was, again, part of the AI's thing. To, oh, wow, how far can they push each other? How far can I push them? When does it stop? Oh, it doesn't. Okay, new new thing. Oh, wow, it didn't stop there either because we because you let me. Right, and it's the, I mean, the proliferation of technology and effective, uh, affecting the older people around you too. I mm-hmm. mean, it's a gigantic theme in this film, but also like I kind of don't feel like they needed to mix in the technology, Ben. They could have shown uh, uh, just the family disintegrating under this strange uh, alien uh, surroundings, I suppose, mm-hmm. with this alien covering over the house. Well, I get the I get the get I get a big kick out of it because you know the, a lot of the writer strike is based on. You know, AI generated, if you use my my works to generate an AI, I should get money for that. 
Yeah. Yes, and that's what they're fighting for. But the, the thing is, everybody is afraid of AI right now. You hear all these horror stories. Same thing when TV started, movies started, when, when a printing press kicked out. Oh, society is going to die. Everybody will have information. And, every, yes. and I'm hearing it writ large here. But again, this movie is kind of showing you, uh-oh, the AI is going to come take over. Remember the horror of the robots coming to take over and the flying saucers and, you know. So we're hearing this beautiful hysteria again. And, and especially in this, uh, like, information technology. Mm-hmm. Increasing at a rapid rate in our world, and Y two K, and people not being able to discern fact from fiction because there's so much out there that you can come up with your own opinions, mm-hmm. and then you can spend two and a half minutes at tops finding uh, support for your conclusion, mm-hmm. be it right or wrong. Plus, them deep fakes are getting good. Uh huh. Like so every once in a while, I've seen something. And I'm like. They'll say, oh, that was that was AI generated. I'm like, the fuck it was? Whoa. <laughs> yeah. It's getting good. Yeah. Shit's getting gnarly out there. Mm-hmm. Fucking weird. Just but, heard an ad for deep fake detection. Get this pro. We, 97%. I, I of, I'm yeah. like, fuck, they're putting ads out for that already. Uh-huh. Jesus Christ. But the, I heard that and my immediate thought was like, man, I'm so glad that I don't have to worry about that because who gives a... F- Nobody's going to take time to make deep fakes of me. Yeah, I could, I could just picture them. Hey, let's do an AI horror vomit episode. Yeah, that's fine. Go right ahead. Please do. It'll probably be better. <laughs> it might have less dick and fart jokes. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure the AI isn't going to be quite as stuttery as I am. <laughs> It'll be smoother. Yes. Probably better edited. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be edited. Yeah. Hey... I I spend upwards of two to three minutes a piece. On Holy shit! I I, I apologize. I apologize, exactly. Chris. How dare you? <laughs> oh, so I don't know. I in general, I liked it. Yeah, I don't really have a whole lot else to say about this movie. It wasn't so much that I had to come around because I generally like this movie. It wasn't it? Wasn't one of you know. It wasn't one of the ones where I'll be thinking about for the next six months. No, but for a movie that couldn't have cost more than $5 million. Mm-hmm. It was a good thinker. It was a nice little think piece that made me feel some stuff. It moved along, which was joy for my non-attention paying ass. Exactly. So, yeah, I'd, I'd suggest this movie just you know, for no other reason than it, it's only an hour and a half long. And if you got nothing else to do and want to watch a movie. Yeah, it's not a movie that's going to change your life Mm-mm. by any means. But it's one of those, like, hey, if you're into stuff that isn't, you know, drowning in mainstream mm-hmm. uh, mediocrity, get, give it a watch. Oh, I will have to say, though, gore hounds, sci-fi hounds, there's a fucking spot in this movie when the AI takes over Tony and uses him as a fucking puppet yes. with the axe and shit. <laughs> that, was, that was metal as it is it's fucking gnarly <laughs> i was just like that whole movie i don't care if it was a ripoff of a futurama episode i don't care it was gnarly most it was the business uh-huh and if for no other reason just to watch that scene oh that was that was badass because I, I was like what's he gonna oh no oh no fuck no yes oh that was so cool. Yeah, because it's it's effectively like a techno possession. Mm-hmm. Just, it's it's fucking it's insane. 
it's it's like mother with AI. It's badass. Like I said, and for a film where a lot of it is kind of a think piece, a good amount of the way through, to, I mean, with the exception of that weird dream sequence and uh, some other just catching your breath. Yeah. The last twenty thirty minutes of this movie takes right the fuck off. You know, there's a lot of other movies. Or not a lot, but there have been two or three other ones that I said this movie would have been just as good without the spookies. This movie needed the spookies. Yeah. It needed the horror. It needed the gore. Because it needed to balance it needed to balance out. Otherwise it's just a family drama about taking like a significant other to meet your racist family. Yeah, and we've all seen Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. We don't need to see it redone because it was redone badly and I don't want to see it redone badly again. No. So yeah. You know, because part of it was filmed like a Doctor Who episode, too. For about five minutes, I asked, is this BBC? Okay, no, it's a movie. Yep. <laughs> Got my head back into it. Because, you know, I will have to also the, hand it to them. The Gramps' head shaking and that black vomit. It didn't look great, but I've never been one to let like bad CGI pull me out of a film. And it, it was right for what it needed to do. It Could it have been better? Yes. Did it effectively push the mood it was going for? Yes. Mm-hmm. And, but I want to applaud this movie because traditionally we only see in the States, we only see the same 18 British actors and actresses that we know them. Yes. So we got Mr. Filch and then we got Nick. I've seen him in a bunch of other shit. Yeah. But the rest of them I have not seen even as extras on, you know, Broadchurch. So the, they actually got deeper into the talent pool, which I really love because I, as a, you know, as a person here, I don't get to see a lot of great British actors. You could be because just quite frankly, they, they haven't come over here or you know, for whatever reason. It's lovely to see them because you, you, you I have really no idea how big the talent pool is over there. So it's great to see outside of the usual suspects, is what I'm trying to say. Exactly. And I mean, when we talk about foreign films, a lot of the stuff that we do get that's over here is kind of the cream of the crop mm-hmm. because I mean. Why wouldn't it be? How else would it get over here? Exactly. And that's why I kind of like shining a light on movies like these. That like, no, this exists. Like, in 2018, there was still, you know, a British dude making a kind of a cheap movie with some actors. But Mm. it's good. It's genuinely good. Well, I think with the advent of all the streaming services we have and the niche ones like Shudder, we have more of a chance to see... Different products from companies, the good, the bad, the middle, all of the different flavors in between. Because sometimes the, the stuff that would, wouldn't come over here, like the real low-budget stuff or the medium-budget stuff that might have had a great run in the country would never get here. But now that we have the streaming, we can see mid-level movies. We can see low-budget movies. And and because of that, we're getting so many different influences. And I, I again, I can't wait to see, with all this proliferation of, of content that we're able to consume, What's come out of this? You know, oh, I love this part of Argentine horror. I love this part of Mexican horror. I love this part of, you know, uh, Indonesian horror. We can use some of these aspects because this lighting was cool and they use this thought. We can use this thought, mix it with this and the ideas that are going to come out of this. And just the story structures. Or the filming styles. Mm -hmm. Very specifically, I've learned more from some of these foreign films on really cool ways to effectively do something with a low budget than I would with an American film of the same budget. Yeah, and I'd re- much rather watch something that has something to say and 
in Gramps, head shaking might not look as great. Mm-hmm. I'd rather watch that than a $100 million James Wan movie that looks fantastic, mm-hmm. but has no substance to it. I've seen, I've, I've, I've got to see if I can remember the movie. I saw a movie that was a foreign movie. It was a drama, a little action drama, but it, oh fuck, what's the point I was trying to make? It looked absolutely fucking amazing. And I found out the budget. I, I was assuming the budget was about two million. The budget was forty thousand dollars, and they had. I, I guess they, you know, like we were talking about lighting earlier. They went to the hardware store, built lighting. They they called six guys from down the street to build this. Uh, everything was just the actors and the writers and the director, and it was right there. And it was this beautiful thing that they made with nothing. Mm-hmm. And I love those films because I'm watching to see what they did to effectively make that work with nothing. Yeah, like like a habit. Yes. Oh where, God, that movie. Yeah, where it's like, yeah, it took us like three months to film this because we had to wait till everybody had like a weekend free mm-hmm. and our cinematographer could do it and this person could, and like it's that kind of struggle and it's that kind of having to spend your money wisely mm-hmm. that I think really does produce better films than having a $200 million budget. Plus it adds a frisson. You, when, when, okay. During the creative process, you have all these ideas and stuff and it's your ability to funnel those ideas through all of your obstacles. It's that, it's that, um, conflict that causes better art a lot of times sometimes it causes shitty art but 90 percent of the time that conflict causes even better art yeah that limitation causes you to be creative in the way that you do things Mm -hmm. and in ways that you're unused to Mm -hmm. so yeah oh wow i could talk about this all week but yeah god this movie pretty good movie though i'd give it about a seven out of ten ish i do it's not perfect but it's what it's worth your time Mm mm-hmm you would not feel insulted for having watched this movie. Exactly. It, it's it's not like a, a LDP's first power where you watch and go, nah, that was that was fun. There was a karate bag lady. <laughs> like th- it is a serious film. I would, you know, I wanted to see about a hundred demon cats just jump out of a shopping cart to his sister. Just oh, greatest movie of all time. <sighs> it, it's up there. It's up there. Classic. Mm-hmm. Move over, The Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> what was the uh, one where we were watching that? It was an Italian or Italian or Spanish movie where they're fighting on girders and shit on the high rise. Oh, uh, El Dia, uh, El Dia de Muerte. No, uh, the Day of the Beast. Oh, oh El Dia de Bestia. Yeah, I, I would say that that was the best movie of all time, personally. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great, man. It really, really fucking sucks because <clears throat> there's another movie by Alex Iglesias that I really, really want to do. Uh huh. But. Absolutely not, because there is one scene in it that restricts us from doing it. There's a graphic rape scene. Yeah. Uh, But Perdita Durango, it's a fucking wild movie. (laughs) It's really, really interesting. I might check it and fast forward. Yeah, it, it's it's a very uncomfortable scene, and it's one of those, like, narratively, I get why this is here. Mm-hmm. It's not really, like, superfluous just to show a rape. Mm-hmm. I get why it's here, but also... Fuck. <laughs> Do it off screen. Yeah. But e- either way, hey, James. Yes. Hey, where can people find us? They can find us on whorevomitpodcast at gmail.com. They yep. can find us on the Instagram and Facebook. Yep. We do have that nice little whorevomit page there. Yep. Um, we have the 
podcast, obviously. We do the podcast on the airwaves. Yeah, this one that they're yes. hearing? Yes. This, Thanks for explaining that. This horror vomit podcast that we're doing right now that you're probably listening on a podcatcher. We do this on a weekly basis. It's great. And uh, if you could go to any of those places and give us five stars or a five-word written review, helps us move up the chain in the old algorithm. And either makes us feel horrible for days or stokes what little ego we have. Oh, uh, I don't look at those numbers because it's depressing. Yes. That <laughs> it is what we call stagnating numbers in, you, in the you, industry. You know what you could do if you actually do listen to us? You got that one weird friend. You, you might like us to just say, hey, I, I don't want everybody to know, but check out this podcast. I, I, I know these couple of fucking weirdos that talk <laughs> shit about movies that you've never heard of and probably don't want to watch. But check it out. Yeah. They, they, can, they can be amusing occasionally. No, no, we're not. Hey, in my head, I'm amusing. Yeah, that's fair. Hey, should we just be done? Yeah, push the button. I, th- I think we're uh, push the jibber button. jabber. St- you need to stop yelling at me. You need me. to push you the, need the fucking button. Fucking calm it down. Push it. Terrifying.